0: Hello everyone, good afternoon. It's a bit warm here, and <laughs> Duran's in the back, and Angie's here, and Erin's hiding somewhere. She went somewhere.
1: She, she ran away. She ran
0: away. <laughs> so good afternoon everyone. Ari's here with me as well. Say hi, Ari. Hi. Hi, Ari's on the side here because there she is. Maybe you complained that you didn't hear, now she's right next to me. Hello, AJ. Good afternoon, good seeing you. It's really, really warm here. Anna, good seeing you as well. Greetings, good afternoon everyone, and for those of you on YouTube, thank you so much for staying with the Beast and Motor channel. I appreciate you joining me this afternoon. And we use this opportunity to talk to people live all around the world, to answer tech questions, engage, and have a good old time. It's pretty nice, you know? Um, yes, Gen X Chris, good afternoon. Yes, I've had plenty of experience with the Civic SI, thanks Gen? Not only did we do a commercial with American Honda, I had the opportunity to get them here very early on. We developed some downpipes, um, cat bypasses, and did some really cool stuff with flashing with our friends from K-Tune k am sorry, it's pretty nice. nice. Hello, James, good seeing you. Thank you for joining us today. What up, Bam Bob Powell? Good seeing you as well. Uh, yes, pre-workout is still in a thing.
1: Yeah, No wonder.
0: <laughs> Ari says no wonder. I'm hyped up because I have pre-workout this morning. I did. Actually, I have it every day. For those of you who don't know that, I was just super tired yesterday. You know. Thank you so much, Bam Bam. I appreciate that. Hello, Sam. Good afternoon. Good seeing you. Hello, Jonathan. JDM Wong, I'm going to call you this afternoon. We have to talk about this madness that's going on right back here. So you see it's devoid of an engine, and it's really high in the air because it's very lightweight, and Duran is doing some crazy stuff with the brake system right now. Um, Honda for S2000, yes, we've tuned tons of those, and it works actually well, especially with the direct injection setups, you know? Hello, live naked cars. The name. Yeah, um, actually, that's going to be my little cruiser. And I have tracked it, so I've taken it to Fontana, and it was crazy. I got up to... 158 on the rover. It started coming around on me, which is pretty nice. Um, Sam says get to work, Daron. So Sam says to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, good afternoon, Doctor. You love the BC wagon, you're a huge fan, it's a mechanic to another, keep it good. Work. Thank you so much. I appreciate the kind words. Yes, you do, JDM. By all means please come by. Things are happening very quickly. AJ, good afternoon, good seeing you, sir. Top notch. I am doing absolutely fantastic and splendid. We're having a good time here on this nice warm day in Ontario, California. Um, I haven't done much work on the M3 yet, Gala. But if I had a relationship with BMW and we did, I'm sure I'll have a, a blast. Um, the pre-workout I use, oh, what's the name? It's called Best Pre-Workout. I'm trying to remember the name of the company that makes it. And I have having in a sour apple flavor. That's that's what uh, Lee, uh, Fibon's mom yeah. recommended to me. It's pretty, really good. I was really super strong this morning. I was like, really strong. It's pretty good. Okay, so guys, many of you sent in questions today. I'm here to also answer questions live. Hello, SoCal Dotson, good seeing you. And Iris here to ask a bunch of questions. I'm nothing special, 9, 996, just here, having a great time in the heat. Um, Andy's here, John's here, helping me out quite a bit. Um, we did some engine exchanges this morning and working on the waggle band as we speak to get ready for SEMA. Um, have I tried C4? No, I have not. I've probably tried that. Have you tried C4? Yeah, it's it good. Ari says it's good. She's usually very right. That's so true. maybe I have to listen to her. Hello! Abdelakallah F50. He likes it, 996 says. I will try it. I love trying different things as long as it's positive for the outcome, you know. Um, the motor, I'm self-driving human is asking, what motor is planned for the Mercedes-Benz 190 DTM project? He was right in the corner. Oh, I took it outside. Okay, I drove it outside this morning. I plan on using a newer model M104 engine and boosting it. That's what I plan to use it. Um, what kind of oil do I use? I use Pure which is my oil of choice. This is their logo right there. And it's one that's based in the aerospace industry. Lots of zinc. Very good protection. The best compound I've ever used, which is very nice. Um, I have never built a VW. The closest thing to VW I've done is Porsche. That's what one for 420 is asking. Thank you so much, S2K. I appreciate the kind words. And yes, JL, MIA, one day we will meet. Greetings, Lion shark 5010 So, Ari, what questions do we have first so I can okay. take care of? my people.
1: We got a question from Fabian KB.
0: Fabian KB has a question.
1: He's asking, BMW engines or Volkswagen engines? Which one is better in terms of capabilities and performance?
0: You know, both Volkswagen and VW have had very powerful power plants. Um, I'm I'm particularly, I would say, partial to the inline-four engine that's in the Golf R. I like that one quite a bit. And I like the iron block. I like how robust it can be. I like the potential for doing tons of power horsepower, 700 horsepower north to the all-wheel drive um, with a factory head, which is pretty nice. I love the fact that they have a global ECU that allows you to modify them and add um, the port injectors to a direct injection system without having to go with a full standalone. It's very, very clever, and a global platform, which I find appealing. But BMW has so many different options in boosted applications, NA applications, and large displacement, large cylinders, it's kind of a toss-up. It depends. Overall, I feel that BMW gives me more options as a tuner, but VW in the smaller displacement or smaller cylinder arena reigns supreme. That's my op- that's my opinion. Yeah, thank you so much. That is the Odyssey back there, chilling. Have a good time, by all means. Um, yes, AJ. AJ's here. AJ, we, well, missed, we didn't get any questions from you. What's going on? Are you? Is he are, sick? Are, are you ill? Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I saw you sick. Um, yes, it's my first overhead project. Absolutely, absolutely, and we have one right here that we're playing with as well, in addition to one back right there, which is pretty cool. You know? Um, yes, a ton, so Mike left knee effing Hertz, I'll say effing Hertz, asked the question, can any performance wise be done to a fully electric vehicle such as Tesla? Absolutely. You can play with inverters, windings, gearing. There's so many things you can do. Um, especially from an inverter perspective, see? He's being very naughty over there. He's being naughty, which is pretty nice, you know? Um, Arnie, it's not stuck at all. I have a flash in it, I have an exhaust system, it's talking about the Viper back there. Um, I have an induction system on it as well, but I will stay, it looks like for that one, I will stay natural aspirated. And for the one right here, it's gonna be twin turbo, which is pretty exciting, you know? Hello Rudd, good seeing you. Good body, right? Good seeing you as well. F, the East Coast. Oh no, that's not a polite thing to say, extinct, right? That's not very nice. Hello Dads, good seeing you. So. Harry, what are your questions do? Harry's yeah. laughing. She's busting up over here. She's she's laughing so hard. It was pretty interesting.
1: Okay, we have a
0: question. Hey, um, am do you remember this shirt, my old school shirt where it says I love twin cams, but it says one is in my engine and the other's in the pits? That's an old school feature I do. I don't wear it today, you know? Um am I, are you going for the civic? Am I going for that doesn't make sense, my good friend, Doc Strange. That's a strange question from a strange screaming, You know? Thank you so much, Relic. Appreciate the kind words. Oh, my pleasure, one bagatti. It's my goal to help. Anything I can do, you know? Um, hello, ghost, you. Dr. Strange, going ki- you, You're asking and saying strange stuff. Give me one good question and a sentence, and I'll be more than happy to assist. You know? Okay, all right, next question.
1: Okay, question from KillSR.
0: KillSR si. Kill has a question. When are we going to see an LS swap? He's asking when we're going to see an LS swap. And then. Joker's watch says, "If you could build a budget LS, what would you build?" <laughs> <laughs> so the world is is all about LSs. I mean, Darron and I were talking about that last week about how people just LS everything, and him and I had came to this conclusion that it really kind of takes away some of the creativity in the automotive world because it allows for a cost-effective, high horsepower, high torque application with just bolting something in. And I'm big on creativity, thinking out of the box, creating opportunities, and looking for engine performance and efficiency where people typically don't look. And the LS is too straightforward. So to answer that question, I don't have any plans of doing it, I'm a huge advocate of keeping engine marquees together. So you will not see much of an LS swap from here at all. Now if I happen to build a a Corvette, uh, a Chevrolet truck, something Buick-based, something that is GM based that has an engine, yes, we'll go to town. But I'm not a huge advocate of swapping engines from one manufacturer to another. It's just not something I do, you know. If you six foot boost, would be very nice. Driving human, that would be very nice. Um, my thoughts on a classic BMW with a 2002 F20C swap is what Bamba Powell's asking. I think it's very creative, it's really cool. But I like keeping engines with marquees. I think also because of how the 2002s are going up in value, it would be really cool to go in an M3 engine in that. That would be very nice and keep it within the BMW, Bavarian, Motor Works. Family, which would be very nice. But I love the creativity. The F20C engine is one that's extremely popular, very reliable, and has of potential for power, which is pretty cool, you know? My pleasure, DTC, you're very kind. And yes, one Bugatti 420 just sent an old school 454 SS pickup. I remember that. I remember when I first came to the United States and I saw this commercial where it says the Chevy 454 SS, the pickup from hell. I'm like, how do they sell this? How do they say it on TV? Pickup from hell, that's pretty great. So, Erin is over there. She's hiding. She's hiding over there, but she's here. <laughs> I thought she ran off, but she's here. Okay. So, um, yes, thank you very love. Hello, High Class Customs. I would love to meet you at SEMA as well. I'll be there from Monday to Saturday, and I'll have plenty of time for us to get together. It's going to be a great SEMA. It's going to be fantastic. Okay, what else do we have, Ari? Uh,
1: question from Analog Rich.
0: Analog Rich. Cool name, by the way.
1: Do you have any plans for
0: the 987 Cayman S? <laughs> Tons! I- <laughs> My first mid-engine is still in the showroom over there. It's a silver one. And that's the car that really got me going crazy with building a center seat, which we do a couple of them here. Sam is here as well, helping with that. I have a ton of plans for that. So above and beyond you know, providing some good insight on what the potential of those engines are built and factory, uh, we should, by the last quarter of this year, come out with a turbo kit that allows you to bolt on and have an engine management solution that plugs in and you can go with 400 horsepower, no problem, which is very nice. And something that should be also extremely reliable as well, which is very important too, you know? Um, DCC Skill says, you are making 400 plus all motor before the K series came out. Do you have had a chance to create a BC All-Motor K? I fear you make 500. No, I have not. Um, I have a lot going on here, and believe it or not, it's so sad, but in the Honda community, NA is going away. It's like more people want boost, and I don't blame them. It really offers a lot more power for the amount of money. I can imagine, you know, on my Insight, my F-Series engine, the induction alone, being that it was ITBs with eight injectors and a magnesium body, it cost more than $3,000 just for that alone. So with $3,000, you can build a pretty formidable, very nice B-Series or K-Series with Boost, which is pretty nice, I make more power than I did with just the intake alone. Hello, Alpi. Hello, (laughs) Busy, Hello, Infamous. Good seeing you. I would, Big Mama Punk, I would really consider doing that. So far what we've done (coughs) with the major OEMs, especially with Hyundai, is assist with some development stuff on their base engines. But to do something from scratch would be an honor. It's something that I would like to work towards. That would be such an honor to do that. Um, Hello, Alpi. Good seeing you. Thank you so much, everybody, right? My pleasure, GTC. Thank you so much. Okay, what else do we have, Ari? Uh, <coughs> excuse me.
1: Question from Arnie Sokal. Arnie Sokal. What is the number one skill to have when tuning? For example, computer programming, EFI, etc.
0: That's a really good question. So he's asking to tune. What's the number one characteristic or I would say talent to have or something to focus on? That's a really good question. You know, Someone who is the business major cartoon, tune, someone who is an engineer cartoon, tune, someone who is just an enthusiast can tune. It's really that undying desire to learn something new and to pay attention to detail. I think that's really what it is, but having a scientific background does help you understand the details of tuning, especially if you're problem solving. So if you're just doing a simple thing where you're shooting for a particular AFR, you're going up and down on numbers to get that ratio proper, and you're looking for ideal crossover for VTech or iVTech, or cam control, or any of that nature. It's, it's very good, easy to do that if that's all you're, you're focusing on, ignition timing and optimizing all that stuff, and looking at knock. But if you do have a good grasp of engine concepts, either through reading, um, being an engineering student or engineer, having significant appeal for anything scientific, I think that gives you a leg up because it gives you an opportunity to see if something does happen if the car, if you tip in and the car runs, you know, just hesitates a lot you'll be able to determine, oh, maybe I should put more Excel fuel in there, or a little bit less. Um, if you have a car that um, seems to have a lot of noise in one cylinder, maybe that engine cylinder needs a little more fuel and needs time to retard that one cylinder. These are things that happens if you have that critical thinking skill. So I guess I pretty much answered that. Hi, Shell, good seeing you. I think critical thinking is the concept. It's what you should have, the ability to solve problems and think ahead and think outside the box Will kind of you be a very good tuner above and beyond having a degree, or having any particular skill that's so geared towards that. So that's my ideal. Um, Pepe is asking, Duran Pepe is asking what engine is going to waggle Van. I can't say anything it yet. It's going to be a very good engine, tell you what, he's smiling because he knows what it is, <laughs> but it's going to be an engine that a lot of people are going to be shocked about, tell you what. He said, he said LS, <laughs> well it's not, don't, it's not an LS guy, it's not an LS guy. Okay, so that's pretty good. Um, could you give me advice on a mount kit for an Accord single cam swap on an EG? Any advice? Easy. You know the easiest way to put a single cam Accord swap on EG is to use our HDB. That's the easiest way. We have an HDB kit that allows you to use a B series gearbox, an H or F series engine it comes complete with mounts. It's easy. Just write to us at sales at and I'll be more than happy to hook, up, hook you up for a good price. No problem at all. You know. Um, DJ, thank you so much. I need to build my shuttle project, Phoenix. We should do it. A- yeah, you guys should. I love shuttles. You know what, Paza? If you have some cool parts, I may need something for you. You know what I'm looking for? Guys, if you have this, let me know. I'm looking for an old school radio, a factory radio. This came with some rubbish face off. I don't want that. I want an original Honda radio. Like a standard DIN old school, ideally peer correct. If it's slightly new, that's okay. But if you guys have access to one, let me know. I'll buy it for you. So let me know. Good price, though. Don't don't give me those prices that um, Daran gives me. Wow. <laughs> no, He gives me good prices. Put him on no, no. Blast. I'm putting him on blast today. Okay. Yeah, please do. Please do. Um, so, Ben is asking. Sorry to ask again, but I will graduate as a mechanic, mechanic next year. If possible, I'd love to work with you even as a shop sweeper to start. What can I send my extended resume? Send it at lab. L-A-B at beastmodel.com. And Ari, you have to butter her up because if she says no, you're not getting to her. If she says yes, then you have access. Okay? Um, yes, I have another wagon back here. There's one right behind this one here. There's another cream-colored one. It's pretty nice, you know? Um, yes, I'm keeping the engine in the Acura family, Fox. Absolutely, I'm doing that. Um, what is the price on the 700 horsepower D Series motor that was in Waggle van? The thing is that that first engine I built was extremely expensive because that is the engine that I developed the BC Motor Level 2.4 and 3.6 camshafts on. And the bad thing about single cams is every time you change lobe separation, you have to grind it into the camshaft. So that's so difficult and expensive to do. I spent so much money. Changing camshafts, changing camshafts, changing camshafts just to see what differences it would make with one or two degrees of lobe separation that's closer than ideal, than not ideal. So, and I learned quite a bit with it. So, um, but if you break down the parts individually, not including, you know, myself or Jerome building the engine for you, in the hard parts, you'll be looking close to 3800 maybe $4,000. That includes the sleeves, the rods, the pistons. The head, the head work, the induction, stuff like that. It will be there about. And then the turbo will be on top of that. But just for the engine itself, it will be in that that vicinity. Um, Zephyr has a question, he says, um, if a manufacturer recommends two different viscosity oils for the same engine, 020 and 030, would the higher viscosity be better suited for performance use? So to answer your question about performance, the answer is no, the thicker oil, no matter what, takes more energy to pump through the engine pumping losses. If you look closely at the grids that manufacturers provide, that grid has to do more with temperatures and use. So, if an engine manufacturer recommends 020, it's typically for the colder, more temperate regions. If they recommend a 530, if you look closer to the grid, it'll be for much hotter regions around the planet, or if you're doing a lot of performance stuff, racing, high RPM activity, so on and so forth. So, if you just drive the car daily, and, you know, you don't go around racing with it and you're in areas that are not hot, you're not in, you know, let's say the, the hot desert areas, you know, the Middle East, you know, Africa, uh, tropical um, Asia, so on and so forth, zero 020 is fine. If in the UK, you're in cooler areas, in, you know, in the United States, zero 020 is what you use and you'll see more efficiency and more power with that. When you go to 530, you get better protection if it's much higher RPMs and higher heat that you tend to see. And that changes, and that's with standard conventional oils. Of course, with pure oil, you can use 020 and have a blast and not have a challenge at all. Unless you're doing something crazy with your clearances after you rebuild the engine, you know? Um, what mods would I recommend for a base 2096 boxer is what Sam Humeker is asking. If you want something very simple, intake, you know, our friends from KN AEM have a very nice intake system for it. Exhaust and headers. That's a very straightforward bolt on. If you want to get deep into it and go crazy, you can build the engine, but it depends what your goals are, which is very nice, you know? Um, why are there so much love for the 1UZ despite relatively poor head flow? It's what A.J. Thompson is asking. It does have relatively poor airflow, total reliability, and it's very cost-effective. It was in so many platforms, and it's so cheap. I've seen 1UZs go for 200 bucks. It's a V8. So people love that. $200 V8, people love it. And it has, it's extremely reliable. So that being said, I mean, people just like that. That's the reason why. It boils down to sheer economics, which is pretty nice, you know? Um, what are you, do I recommend for a 2013 I-11 Core S? I recommend the Purell 10W40, that's what I recommend, by all means, you know? Um, BMW is having trouble with their 020 oil, is what um, Gambia Pacific Automotive is the saying. There may be major reasons for that, but I'm not very familiar with that challenge. And maybe I should look into it, see if there's anything I can do to help, you know? What's the color scheme plan for the Waggle van? Well, if it's up to me, Paza Autos, I would do the BC Motor Blue. That blue I have my old wagon, but, you know, one good thing about this is our friends from Super Street Magazine are gonna cover the entire build. And that's why I was talking to Jonathan Wong a little bit earlier today. And they have this clever idea where they can have you choose a color. They'll give some options and say, what colors would you guys like to see? So if it's up to me, it'd be a beast of blue. You know, what, if, you know what I would like, Ari? I'd like, there's a BMW blue. There's like a, she likes it. She likes it, so I like this. It's not metallic like my old one. Yeah. It's like I I don't know, it's not, mar- I'm trying to remember the name of that blue. It's a very nice BMW, it's kind of light, very, very playful, very cool, very just beautiful, clean looking. That with some white wheels would just be so awesome. That's something I like to look at, so. Oh, I, I, I may want to do that if possible, you know? What transmission? Oh, Kapatini, you're being so clever. If I tell you what gearbox I'm gonna run, then you will figure out what I'm doing, but okay, I'll give you, I'll give you a hint. It would be a five-speed. <laughs> <laughs> you're <They're> laughing. <coughs> it would be a five-speed, so that, that's what's gonna happen. Mm. So, Jorge, for Jadios, asking the difference between a level X to a level three point six, this small cam for D series. The level X is a pretty aggressive camshaft. It is the same profile that I used to make over two hundred wheel horsepower, <coughs> two thirty seven to be exact, in a D series, which is what allowed me to break a ton of records with the D series NA, and it's optimized, especially with low separation, for NA applications. The level three point six is the ultimate in a, for a professional. Camshaft for the Turbocharged D Series. That's why I made over 700 horsepower with. That's what the guys from Speed Factory Eclipse 800 wheel horsepower with. That level 3.6 is awesome. It has a very loopy idle, but also retains spool within 300 RPMs of factory while giving you RPMs that can carry over to the 9,000 RPM range. Absolutely fantastic. And very aggressive camshaft as well, just like the level X is aggressive, but the low separation angle is also optimized for turbocharging. It's pretty nice. Marina Blue, that is it. Alt awesome. Marina blue. Marina blue. absolutely. That is correct. Kappa, hmm, maybe. Maybe. Hello, heavy loud. Good seeing you this afternoon. How are we doing on questions, Ari? Uh, I got
1: four more.
0: Okay, sounds good. Will the Waggle van have a dry sun? No, it'll stay wet sun. It'll definitely stay wet sun. It won't be dry sun for this application. I want to make this Waggle van as repeatable and easy for someone to replicate as possible, which is pretty nice. And doing it as a dry sump would be great. There are many advantages to that from a power and reliability perspective. I'm lucky I have Pure and WPC as my advantages, but above and beyond that, a dry sump can help tremendously. Especially if I can do a lot in scavenging to also create vacuum in the crankcase, that helps with power significantly. But it'll make it a lot more challenging for people to replicate out there, which I want you to do. Um, Kappa is so clever, he's asking will you have a timing chain or a timing belt?
1: <laughs>
0: so, <coughs> you're very clever, you're very clever. I can't answer that. If I answer that, I'll tell you something. Um, Arnie Sokka is saying it doesn't look like Pyramid make a 040 oil. What do I use? So in the Viper, which the factory requests a 040, I use definitely a 1040. I don't like oils with very wide spans of viscosity because you know how you get an oil to go from a zero to a 40 or a zero to a 50 or a zero to 60, you start out with a zero-based oil, which is a very thin oil, and you add viscosity modifiers, which are really polymer-based. When we add these viscosity modifiers, you add so much to get that span. So it can act like a thicker oil when warmed up. The problem is that viscosity modifier, that polymer-based modifier, is what breaks down so easily and causes sludge due to heat. So because of that, I tend to shy away from oils that have a very wide span. It's not the best. I understand if I'm in, the, in the Antarctica, where I'm not to race, I'm in Southern California, then maybe I want a zero to start up easier when I'm in the snow belt up north towards the pole, or down south towards the pole. But I'm in California, and most of us exist in areas where we have pretty nice climates. So that being said, the 10W40 is what I use, and that's what's ideal for me, which is ideal. Oh, Joe, you just got here. That one Joe guy, you missed a ton of wagon talk. John was out here making fun of us. The wagon va- van va- va- is being dismantled as we speak. We talked about engines, gearboxes, all kind of stuff, induction, so on and so mm-hmm. forth. You know, which is pretty cool. You know, um, when I see better mileage, or I just heard it by bumping compression to 12 to 1 in F22A in Accord, you will see better efficiency. Um, Mileage-wise, it depends on your tune, but you can. You can see improved mileage and efficiency if you go to 12 to 1. Absolutely you could. By all means. What do you think about the k 20 turbo RDX engine? It's okay. I haven't played with it that much to be able to see what potential it has, but it's an okay engine. Um, I'm an advocate of a different type of engine that if I talk about it, I'll give a lot away. And Duran's laughing again. Okay, what else do we have, Ari?
1: Okay, uh, another, I'm sorry. Question from EJ6Williams.
0: EJ6Williams has a question.
1: Um, I'm sorry. Regarding suspension tuning on uh-huh. a '98 Civic Sedan.
0: Civic Is yeah. it
1: better to have a splur setup of 250 or 350 pound per inch in the front or rear coilovers, or have stiffer front or stiffer rear? Currently running 350, 250 because it's a daily. Uh, okay, go ahead. What do you recommend? As of now, understeer was greatly reduced from stock suspension to almost none.
0: Yes, yes, I, I believe that. Um, I'm a huge advocate of having the stiffer springs in the front. So you have a much higher numerical number in terms of poundage in the front to make a more neutral car and softer in the rear. But also I take that a step further to really help it understeer and help the car really react very nicely. Um, a decent sway bar in the rear. I'm a huge advocate of adding a very, the biggest sway bar that I can mm. <laughs> in the rear. And that helps make cars amazingly well. Having an engine, a vehicle square, I don't like that at all. It makes a very oscillating style vehicle and it doesn't feel connected very well. But if I put stiff, I've gone as high as, what did I do on that? I think I did 450 in the front and 300 in the rear and a very big barn in the rear. But I didn't have a sedan. I had more of a coupe, which is very nice. But um, it acted very well. It's fantastic. Hello, 7th Gen SI. Good seeing you. Um, Do I prefer smaller displacement or larger? Doctor, I like larger displacement engines because it makes things a lot easier to make power and torque. But I like smaller displacement engines because of the wow factor and also it gives me better feedback on what efficiency can do. So it challenged me more as an engineer. So I like the challenge of a smaller displacement engine. But I have a appeal for both, it depends. But if I had to choose what would really get my gears going, get my blood boiling, smaller displacement engines, which is pretty nice, you know? Um, when I do a new Civic Type R engine swap into any classic cars? Yes, joker's wild, I would love to. You know the one thing about the new 10th gen Civic with the Type R? Being part of that family, is the Type R engine is really large. If you put the Type R engine and gearbox next to a J series, it's almost larger. It's huge, so it doesn't lend itself very well to swaps, especially in older EF or EE chassis. So I'd love to have put a Type R in here, but it wouldn't. I had to hack this thing up so badly, it wouldn't fit very properly, which is not very nice, you know. Why are B18B1 so prone to burning our oil after rebuilds? What the heck is about them? Duran, has that been your, your experience? B18 B1s, Ls's, No. Burning oil? It's quite a building. Yeah. I, I, that's not been my experience either. So John's done quite a bit of rebuilding with those. I did good engines myself. And the only time you're saying it's prone to do, I've not seen that. If your cross hatching is not proper and it's not you know made it properly with the with the rings that you have in there, or you don't do a proper breaking period with good breaking oil. I mean, I use pure's breaking oil onyx on my stuff and I make sure my home pattern is absolutely on point, I have zero oil burden. It just doesn't happen, it just doesn't happen. So it's, it's, it's still sad, you know. Um, 66 composite bodies asking, is the D-series still relevant with case-wise becoming so popular? It can be relevant for those who'd like to really prove a point, and show that it's still a formidable performance platform. I, I see all these memes going around on, on Instagram where people make fun of D-series, and say, oh, look at this engine, this one can keep up, they they can. Um, What I've seen with the D, is when you start pushing it towards north of 750, you have the chance of breaking the block in half. So right where the head studs end in the block, across that water galley that you tend to be able to use to drain coolant from the front, it cracks right there. It just, you know, the engine was designed to do 100, 120 horsepower, and we're pushing it to 700, 750 to the wheels, which is pushing you closer and closer to four-digit power. It just wasn't designed, the webbing wasn't designed for that. So you can do things to reinforce it, it's challenging. But if you look at the K-Series, it's a much easier platform to make good power. But that doesn't mean the D-Series is not one that you can have a lot of fun with, you know? Jorge Ferrari is asking, do I recommend using a Level X Cam and a D-Series Turbo? It can work, but it's not optimized. If you want the best in power, in terms of power band and efficiency, you should go with proper 3.6, that, that's ideal, you know? I would consider Taylor building a VW Audi build. I would love to do a GTIR, I've been talking about that quite a bit, I find that platform very appealing, it's very sleeper, I'm suspecting you will never know that car has a lot of potential of being a daily driven, stock looking 700 horsepower monster. So I find that very appealing. I just don't have a relationship with VW yet, and if I do, that's one of the first cars that I would definitely build, you know? Um, is there any potential of the D15B7 engine reaching 250 horsepower MA? Yeah, Um, we actually did it, Landshark. I had a D15B, non-VTEC, that we took the 238 to the wheels. And what I'll do is, when I do a recap on this, I'll put my dyno chart up so you can take a look and see what we did. It was pretty cool. And I still have that engine. I just haven't found a chassis to put it in again. Um, What's the next event I'll attend? I will be going to Monterey this week, uh, this car week, so I should be leaving tomorrow. I don't think Erin knows that. She's she's giving me a crazy look. So I'm leaving tomorrow. I'm leaving again. I'm leaving again. She's, She's See that? Ari's cracking the whip. She's I'm leaving again. Yeah, I'm leaving again. So I'm leaving tomorrow. Andy's looking at me like you're going where? <laughs> I'm leaving tomorrow. Um, Curtis and my friends from Mazda. Um, they are very kind to us and you know, manufacturers, you guys are slacking off there. Mazda stepping to the plate and <laughs> doing some stuff with us. Oh
1: <laughs> my. Crap.
0: Anyway, so Curtis and Mazda, I'm gonna be heading out to Monterey tomorrow. And I'll be there until Monday. it's is pretty nice. Ari, Eddie's laughing at you. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my oh god. No. Uh, okay. sure, I would you know what? You said, let's see what you said here. Audi says and try with swim trouble if I get a relationship with Audi. Absolutely I will. Meanwhile, while Audi and BW is sleeping, Maza step into the plate. It's pretty cool. So I'll be driving Mazda in. See the aquarium is beautiful. I think I will. Um, if they give me, they have a pre packed schedule for me. They really are pulling out of stops to make sure that I'm happy with that brand. So I'm pretty excited about working with them, see what happens, you know? Thank you so much, Jorge. Appreciate that. Ari's going to look like she has more questions for me. Mm-hmm. The... Okay. Let's get to the questions.
1: But well, first, is that
0: recording stuff? Let's see. No. no. Back to that. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. Okay. No okay. worries.
1: So, uh, let's see. Question from Alfie. Let's get to his. Um, do you ever modify the transaxles on the Porsche? Uh. If so, do you just add policy traction and ring gear? Also, what do you have cooking for us, viper, please?
0: Okay, so first question is about do I do anything with the transaxles and the box and Caymans? And yes, I, I had a Quave ATB. I love the Quave stuff. It's very hands-offish. It's very straightforward for someone who wants to pay attention to driving than trying to pay attention to what's going on in the pits by rebuilding and fixing. I really like the smooth, hands-off nature of the helical gearboxes, I mean, helical style differentials, the torque biasing differentials from Quaid. That's what I use. That's the one thing I do in there. I use a proper oil in there as well. And have a good time. That's what I do. The factory axles, I leave as is. Those are really robust. A lot of people don't know this, but in the early advent of uh, import drag racing, many of us had challenges with high horsepower applications, breaking axles. And we'd incorporate portion ones in there. They'll last forever. Just kind of heavier, a little bulkier. But they are so robust. And you see a lot of off-road people where there's a lot of stress on drivetrain components where they jump off the dunes and stand and they land again, there's a lot of shock on the drivetrain, they use 935, 911, 930 stuff. So the Porsche stuff is pretty robust when it comes to axles. but with the, with the gearbox itself, the one upgrade I do without thinking twice is a Quake ATB, that's what I use. And the second question was something else um, about what do I have in store for the Viper piece? Yeah. A ton of stuff. Engine management solutions, training solutions, um, Ari has been kind enough to we have these little you know with the 5th gen vipers they look so beautiful but there are two things that bother me the height and the lights and not, not the headlights but the little corner lights that exist you know the, the bright red and the orange they're so nasty so with Ari's help we now have replacements we have clear we have smoked so it looks more European it looks really really clean it's kind of a mad they have that nice amber in the front and weird red in the back. So it looks very nice and stealth. And then for height-wise, I like something that looks good but it's also functional. So um, even though the super slam look looks cool, it's not very functional on and off the track. And in the factory form, it looks like a lunar module. I don't like how high they look. So as you can see how my look there has a nice stance that looks just elegant and performs. I have these lowering caps that we have available for the factory. 5th um, gen from 2013 to last year when they stopped and It allows you to have a good inch inch and a half drop of the car and still retain all the electronics So if you have an ACR you have a, a TA you have a GTS with electric controls It still works like normal but brings the car down on the suspension and Duran loves installing those He had a great time and he said no, but you know, they're, they're very very nice. It just replaces the top um, hat cap and it's like 350 bucks, it's very cheap. And you get nice lowering with all the factory accoutrements, which is pretty cool, you know? Today, Colin Dowd 10, I drove a 2017 Hyundai Ionic Hybrid. That's lowered with aero, <laughs> that's what I drove today. And uh, I was flying and it got me 50 miles per gallon. I was flying and going very, going very, 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 very fast. Um, yes, force induction pressure, that is the man we're building in the background. And Ron, and also Andy, are in there going to town, and he's measuring to do some crazy stuff inside. And Ron is just gutting everything out of it, so it can be very clean, you know. Um, I, Alfie, I don't know. I haven't tested it on a Gen Four. I think it may. Let me know. I'll probably send you a set. You let me know if it works out. I think you have a Gen Four. Here's a Gen Four. you have a Gen Four, Alfie? I don't remember. You know. Let me know. Stupid question, but curious, maybe you know, BC, is it possible to weld an LSD diff? I've seen Evos and presents with that, where a diff and STS and Evos come. So Ben, I don't know what application you're speaking of, but yeah, um, if you take a differential eye and just weld it on a bench, the axis may not go in. So what I typically do, I did this in school because it was like my poor man's LSD or poor man's diff um, or spool, I actually took it out of the gearbox, put two axes inside it on the bench, and then went to town making it. And it worked well. It gave me a very buff arm. See this? That's not from the gym. That's from when I was in college driving a welded dip on a front-wheel drive. So it's pretty, it pretty crazy, you know? Am I going with of the brakes in the center-drive Porsche? No, Inject, I'm not. I'm going to play with different types of uh, master senders and also combinations on the um, brake itself and with different pads. So I don't have any plans of doing that. I want the people who drive that car to have very good feedback from the road and not be dampened by a booster system um, please build a K-series NA Honda Fit track monster. Honda Fit. Honda doesn't want me pushing fits anymore. So, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm really, I'm really challenged with that, which is pretty interesting. Hello, Sam. Yeah, Sam says thumbs up. Absolutely, yeah, Sam recommended some very good, um, how should I say, master cylinder um, sizes for me, which I'm gonna explore. I wish I had a good time doing that, you know? Um, lifting beers. I don't even drink beer. Dad, you know that, I don't drink beer at all. This is from driving to school, when I was in college. Not drinking beer, drinking beer. I don't <laughs> even <to> drink beer. <laughs> Hello Freddy, thank you Inject Tuning. Greetings car, all the way from Canada. Eddie's laughing, laughing her <laughs> butt off, <laughs> off. It's pretty interesting. Okay, what else do we have Ari? Two
1: more. Two more! Um, question from Fabian KB.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Any plans on creating a track toy? I mean designed by you and tuned by you from zero.
0: So, it is very cost prohibitive to start a car from scratch. But tell you what, um, I don't want to give too much away, but Sam and I have been very naughty boys, and we have something coming next year that is a vehicle that fits the criteria just mentioned. So from scratch, very expensive, oh my God. Sam, we have to go like uh, work at McDonald's or something when we're done with that car. But uh, very expensive, we have great partners who are helping with it. But that is coming. And hopefully it's some... I don't say hopefully. People are going to be blown away with that. Blown away. That's hate in the background. Flexing her muscles or something. I don't know what she's doing back there. Anyway, um, when I do a Project 18 Civic Type R? I would love to, but Honda is pushing me away from the Type R. The, all, the Type R um, was last year when they took me and the team out to the um, Homestead Raceway in Miami, Florida. Did some stuff behind the scenes. Did some commercial stuff with us. But a bunch of you know so much, Um, so unfortunately, when you work with the manufacturers, you kind of have to do what they want, and their support and direction is done on that. Right now, what Honda is focusing right now is the clarity and the insight, and what the Acura division is focusing on right now, I think, is the new MDX. So or RDX. So it's it's I have to do what they want. So we kind of missed that window to have a lot of fun. The 914 is still here, so as you can imagine, we have so much going on, we have five cars to build in two months to finish them. See how level the wagon is now? Duran is, he doesn't look that shiny, he's sweating because he sees that we have so much to do. Team so, no sleep. yeah, team no sleep, I just said that. And the 914 is sitting in the showroom, just sitting there on a tender. So I don't have time to touch it or do anything crazy with it, we just have so much, you know? When we see the video on YouTube about the EF wagon, you'll continue to see videos, um, the, the thing is that we have Super Street that's going to be covering a lot of it, and I really want to give them first dibs to putting content out, and then I'll show you what else is going on. But um, we'll have some stuff coming up very, very quickly, very soon, you know? It is going well, EJ. Um, so, AJ Thomas is asking, what's the story with the green 911 Carbillet on Instagram? I have it. So, that 911 was a target that I purchased, AJ, and I twin-turbocharged it, and I kind of converted it to a pseudo... Uh, speed stuff, but I didn't like the look, and I had bolt flares, and I don't like that look. So I took the bolt flares out, and now I have steel flares on it, and I'm putting it back to a Target. So I'm kind of going the other way with it now, going with an NA application and making it more original as a Target. Is that
1: the Ninja Turtle?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's all about. If I was to build a high horsepower racing car, would I choose the F22A Prelude or the 1ZUZ? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good question. One UZ, more cylinders, and I'll gut the whatever out of the SC three hundred. That's what I would do. Marcus saying, I'm getting Cayman S next year and wondering if a twin or single turbo would be better after I'm a after a quick set off rather than top end speed. Um, either one. I, I love the twin turbos because it's in the vein of what Porsche does originally, and you can do wonderful things with having quick spool with, you know, our friends from Turbinex have this crazy 10X turbo. It's really, really small. It's like a T25 footprint on the turbine and a small compressor. That thing is billet and spools like crazy. And two of those you can make anywhere from 450 to 600 wheel and it spools like that. It's so amazing. I think we got full spool at 2700. That is so amazing. So you can do that. On a single turbo you can, but in terms of efficiency, I like to have twin turbos. It allows me to get closer to the output of the heads and mount them very nicely, and looks very elegant and it sounds really cool. And I know it has a little bit more complexity when it comes to, you know, installing them or building or fabrication, but it looks great and it allows for a better school based upon my experience. Um, a single to do a single would be nice if it was twin scroll, but there's something about twin turbos that's very Porsche, and I like to stay in that same. Day. If that makes sense. Um, just a Brian thing. I think he's. Push my buttons. He says, can I street tune an R6 Type S with Pro and no dyno? You can do that, but it won't be good. Now I'll tell you why it won't be good, just a Brian thing. Because when you're driving on the street, it's dangerous to tune a car on that. You have to do full throttle, partial throttle, do all crazy stuff, it's not a good idea. That's one, it's not very safe. Two, there's no way you can optimize something as simple as fuel ratios, let alone ignition timing and let alone cam timing. And what I mean by that, not every car makes the best power at 12.8. Not every RSX loves 13.0. Not every RSX loves 13.1 AFR. What AFR is ideal for your optimum tune? A dyno tells you what the car wants. Secondly, how do you know how much ignition time you to put in? You don't. Do you go to knock and back off a degree or two? Most engines aren't most efficient near knock. You may not have to be anywhere near knock to get the power that you have ideal and a dyno will tell you that. Last but not least, cam timing. How do you optimize IVTech? How do you know what crossovers that are ideal for zero, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 cam angles and merging them? You can't do that on the street. You need a dynamometer to tell you what is ideal. And what I do when tuning any IV tech setup on a K-Pro is I tune all those maps separately. I do it the right way. Zero, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50. And then I overlay the dynos on my dyno mumita and then I draw a unique curve that optimizes torque across all of those cam angles. You say cam gears. How do you optimize cam gears? How do you know? Short of having a cam manufacturer giving you the opening and closing numbers is ideal. How do you know what's optimized for that engine? You don't. You have to put on a dyno and then use that opportunity to know the best power. That's what I do when I design camshafts. When I have camshafts. That we design in-house and we have our friends from web manufacturer for us what i do is i put it on the dyno and i physically move the cam gear on the dyno and see what power output is ideal for myself and all my customers then i then pull the engine time that get opening and closing numbers and provide that as a cam card to people so that way you don't have to worry about that no matter what your head is milled or not milled what deck height you have You use opening and closing numbers, you get the ideal center line, and it gives you the power you want. Now that power is optimized for what I deemed appropriate. If you want more top end, you retard it slightly. If you want more bottom end, you advance it accordingly, and that's it. And yeah, Boosted gd 3 but Dino's not the way to go. So that's why I said he pushed my buttons, because you see how passionate I am about this. Tuning is important. Tuning is extremely important. It's everything. Don't guess. I know there are people out there who try to take your money and tell you that street tuning is the best. It is not the best. You need the proper equipment. It's like someone doing an operation on you on the street in a field of flowers. You need an operating table, a proper theater, sanitary wares. You need to do it properly. Yes, someone can pull your <clears throat> canal with you in a bus station, but that's not ideal. It's not ideal. Same way, yes, someone can street in your car. It's not ideal. It's not. I'm so sorry, you know? Ah, So here we go.
1: Breathe. I already sent me
0: to bring you to calm down Need some water. <laughs> I'm gonna drink some water. She's like she drink some water and she's right. It's just I'm very passionate because I know a lot of you guys mean well And you want what's best and you look up to certain people and they'll tell you rubbish, you know Even with my dyno, I didn't buy a dyno jet that's 25 grand as cheap I paid $68,000 for a dyno because it allows me to be the best at what I can do It allows me to do partial throttle tuning and allows me to tune every cell in a map, and it's safer, I don't have to strap down cars, I don't have, have people sit on the front of a car, on a front-wheel drive, or rear of a trunk on a rear-wheel drive. One of our friends, Saul, died with a dyno jet because he was thrown off the roller. I-, I can't have that happen, you know? So that being said, it's important to me to do it right and do it properly, and that's what you can do when you're going dyno. Save up, do it right, by all means. Thank you, X10, Tenzo, I appreciate that, you know? Alfie says his dentist is in a bus station. Well, you just change dentists or health plans or something, Alfie. Oh, jeez. Okay, I'm off my soapbox. Okay.
1: Last question. Last question
0: that's sent to us physically.
1: Okay, his uh, Gagger AP1.
0: Gagger AP1. Uh,
1: why could no one properly build an F20C or F22 engine? All I read is how hard it is to do it to do it right, from cylinder tra- lining tight. Tolerance, would love to know what you, what you think.
0: It's not difficult at all. I don't, I don't. I, that's not been my experience, Mr. AP-1. Um, you can use the factory sleeves, your FRM. You could use, I, I'm an advocate of using Dr. Iron Sleeves. I go to GoNego, they tear out the FRM sleeves, they impregnate Dr. Iron Sleeves. We have cars that track, street, drive. I mean, we just had one 300 horsepower, beautiful car, north of 300 horsepower, Natural aspirated ITBs, and it's it's great. You know, even see Duran is looking like what is he's talking about. Yes, you can get Duran can attest to it. You can build it properly. It depends. Okay, I'm getting our box know, again. You look come, I need mean my my judging <laughs> wig again or something like that. Okay, so there is a difference, guys, between engine assembly and engine building. A big difference. My younger daughter can assemble an engine. Assembly is not building. Building means attention to detail. You have to check clearances properly. We talked earlier on about oil consumption. Your hone pattern has to be ideal, so you have to use a proper machine shop that knows what they're doing. Using a deck plate. If you want to be super anal, a deck plate and heat up the oil so you can simulate what happens in the engine and bore and hone it accordingly. You have to use high quality components. Don't use some rubbish china rods. Use proper rods that are done well. Use good forged pistons. Trauma is my choice. And I can go to many other companies where I can get pistons for free, but I pay for Tron. I pay for Tron, even though I can go to other companies and get free pistons, because their stuff is great. And then, I build in a climate control room, because if you're in a room where control or or the climate varies significantly, your clearance is not ideal. I don't use plastic gauge. I use precision instruments to measure my bores, to make sure that I have the proper oil clearances. All that plays a huge role. Hello, gel. So that being said, are you an engine builder? Do not even AJ's talking oh about my guitar. Goodness. Don't even start He's AJ. Gonna
1: start a whole other
0: thing. The difference is just slapping stuff together or building it properly. And I'm sorry, I love my Honda people, but in our world there's so many people who claim to be gurus and they don't pay attention to detail. I see it in cars that come here to tune and I send people home. Like your car is not ready. You need to do this. I give them a whole list. I print it out, gives it to them. They have to do something. Yeah, Messari, I'm, I'm something else. And you know what? I want things done right. There's only one way to enjoy your car to allow you to have a p- proper quality of life and is to do it right. The Hondas we drive, the Vipers we drive, the Porsches, all this are as a result of accumulation of years and dollars, millions of dollars of R&D to make it proper for you. So why should we just slap stuff together when we rebuild them? It doesn't make sense to me. Invest and enjoy your car. Because you know what, it may sound expensive initially to get a dial may gauge. You may think, oh my god, i am spent so much time doing it right. Yeah, I'm crazy, my engines go together and come apart six times before final assembly. Because I'm not happy unless my bearing cleanses are ideal all across. I'm not happy unless things jive and look proper. That's why I have a blue Porsche over there I built in 2008, still going, and I drive that thing everywhere, anti-lagging and everything, because I pay attention to detail. So, it may sound expensive initially, but there's nothing that's more cost-effective than building an engine the right time, first time. Because when you take it apart a second time, that's now time, effort, and money. Not above and beyond things that can happen to you when your car breaks down somewhere in the road. Do it right. Please stay away from engine assembly. Embrace engine building. Please stay away from street tuning. Go to a proper tuning facility and do it right. You know? Mishari, I talked about that earlier. The kit won't be available until latter part of this year or early next year. So we are working on that. Hello, Jeremiah. He says, "Amen, amen to you as well, brother." It's very true. By all means, you know. So that's that's um.
1: That's a busy rant. For the that's day. my
0: little rant. I had a couple of them today. Except um, I see that uh, AJ was getting oh, me on yes. board with the with the Vitar. So let's talk about Vitaras. I hate Vitara pistons because in a short version with the Vitara pistons, those are cast pistons and Suzuki Vitaras that post people, most people put in their D series engines to boost them to lower the compression, which by the way, it lowers compression by bringing your deck height, your piston, uh, 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 deeper in the bore, which does horrible things for quench. But above and beyond that, yeah, I'm gonna drink some water. There we go. Thank you, Mashari. So, what I do is I take a look at what happens when the tar pistons go out, and they do go out. And you know, a standard force piston, let's say you have a mishap on the dyno, something happens, you have a clogged injector, anything that goes wrong, the forged piston does a very good job in keeping things in check. Or worst case, it could melt a bit. And then you have to rebuild your engine. If you had a really bad, something happen. When vatars go out, ha, they disintegrate. And when they disintegrate, they take everything with it. The turbo, the head, it just, so you're trying to save a buck by getting cheap vatara pistons. But in the long run, it destroys your setup. So it's better to save up. Save up the 480 bucks, the $500. Get a set of forged pistons and put your concerns at bay. Do it right the first time, which is so awesome. My pleasure adding good, 113 to wheels is fantastic, almost 114. That's amazing with a stock engine. I am so proud of you. Good job. And that's what it takes to ride the right components and go to the right facility. And that engine you had didn't even make that to the crank stock, which is very nice. So enjoy your car. But by all means, guys, um, someone mentioned CP. Good company. I could go to CP. I'm sure they'd be more than happy to sponsor me. But you know what? I like Tron. I like the fact that I have direct contact with the engineers there. I love the fact that they have years and years of experience with piston design and manufacture. And you know what? I value that engineering so much and their attention to detail so much that I pay for their piston. I do. Everything in has Tron and I pay for it because I love it, and I can go anywhere else and get it for free. Free is not good many times. It's about having your project reliable, and that's what's important to me. Good on questions? good. Okay. Excellent. Guys, it's been a slice of heaven. We are almost an hour in today. I really appreciate all of your efforts. Um, EJ6 asking my thoughts on Eagle Rods. No, 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 they are not same with the towers. I like Eagle stuff a lot. So. Eagle owns their own foundries overseas in China, and they do a very good job in creating very good base rods, and they finish them here in the United States, which is pretty nice. So I've had great experience with their stuff for my customers and myself, and I like their stuff a lot. It is nowhere near Vitaras. Vitaras are cast pistons. Some of the Vitaras that people use are not even from Suzuki. They're aftermarket cast pistons. And when they disintegrate, they go to blade. They just just are not good, you know? Still, Fox Designs mentioned Male, I still like Trom, I really do. Um, and by all means, Fox, give them a call. Chief Engineer, um, his name is Barry. You give them a call, he can talk to the engineer yourself. How many companies allow you to do that? It is the only company, Trump is the only company that I have had an opportunity to provide design, and it comes back to me better than I had the design in mind. I can't see that anywhere else. There's another company that's been mentioned here that I went to with a design and they changed my design completely, and it didn't look anything like what I wanted, and it was archaic. And I told them I didn't like this, and I said, BC, you can have it. It's great. And I put it, and it still didn't work in my engine. I know what we're doing, you know. Yeah, Land Shark, I'll do that for you. I'll definitely post a one to the D-Series. We'll talk about that indeed. But I'm going to post a picture of today's interaction, and I'll put that post up. But I can tell you one thing I did, just to give you some insight, Landshark. I think I have a few more minutes on the 238 wheelhouse power combination. I had 50 DCO SP Webers on it as my induction, a custom BC motor header, a custom pulse chamber exhaust, 18.4 to 1 compression pistons. So, the same designer from Tron is the same one who helped me design those pistons. My head was ported significantly. It was really nice cross section area. I used cut down F22A valves on the intake and the factory oversized valves on the exhaust. Um, I used a multi layer steel head gasket as well. Um, I ran that on E85, and let's see, what else is important? I ran aluminum rods, which is pretty interesting, I don't mm. you about that. Um, I sleeved the block, I went down in stroke, and went big bore, so it helped the head breathe very nicely, and as you see on the chart, I had to take that thing to 8800 RPMs, which is pretty nice, you know, which is pretty nice. Thank you so much, Robert Bond, I appreciate the kind words, I really love doing this, it's my way of giving back to help people indeed, you know? The best inlet manifold and throttle body for D16Z6, in my opinion, ITBs. but if you cannot do that, there are manufacturers out there that are very popular, I think the name starts an S, I don't really want to promote them, but theirs flow very nicely, and a 68mm um, throttle body would be just right there, It'd be just there, you know? It was pumpy 85, AJ, pump 85, you know? Every Tuesday would be nice, Missouri, I do it every Tuesday, no problem whatsoever. Which crank that I used to stroke the F motor? Um, the engine, the crank that I distroked was the um, uh, D15B, but on the F series I used factory, and I, yeah, I did offset grind the standard crankshaft, which is pretty nice. So I went from a 1888 journal on my F series to a 1771 journal, and by offset grinding it, you can play more with you can even go more stroke if you want to, within two to two and a half millimeters, which is pretty nice, you know? Thank you so much, Stan, you're so kind. I appreciate it, Zephyr, the best is yet to come, I had the opportunity through John Concialdi from AEM to be able to give back, and I'm doing the same thing. He gave me so much, and I'm trying to give the same to many of you in a much bigger, better form. So thank you so much, you know? Uh, If I could build an H23A VTEC Turbo, how would I do it? Um, I'll run um, some long rods, custom pistons, because I don't really like the rod ratio to H23. It could be improved. I'll go with a longer rod, like um, a 10, 9.5 to 10 to 1 compression trom piston, um, MLS gasket. I would do head studs, bottom end studs because that crank walk still happens with the caps. Um, I would definitely address the valve train, go with some other camshafts. Um, the H23 intake manifold I can keep. I'll gut that. We'll go with a larger throttle body. And depending on what I plan to do with the car, that would determine what turbo size I go with. But um, and also, if I sleep the block on, the power will d- d- dictate that. So I hope that helps. You know, Ben RPS thirteen. Yes, it's possible to tune a stock ECU depending on what ECU it is. On many OBD two applications, there are tons of options to flash them. But there's nothing like a proper standalone because it allows you to do a lot more in terms of safety and efficiency. And I'm a huge advocate of fail safes Thank you so much, Kish. I appreciate the kind words. The three point two six speed Acro Type CL Type S. I like it. I like it quite a bit. I like the engine, even though there are better ones there. So, oh, I got an alert. My time is up. Okay, guys, thank you so much. Thank you for hanging out with me here in the back of the shop. I really thank you as well for helping us out here today. Enjoy your time, guys. See you next week, and have a great afternoon. Cheers.